uh, it's a custom. It's customary for people to learn about tshuva during the Aseret Yumei Tshuva. Now, looking in the newspaper, which I get to do from time to time, I see all sorts of talks being given about very odd things. But what's common about them is that they don't ever seem to be about tshuva. I'm going to try, hopefully together, we're going to try to understand the mitzvah of tshuva a little bit better. I say there's a mitzvah of tshuva, but you know that it's not perfectly clear. And many argue that for the Rambam, for example, the mitzvah is vidui, is confession. Whereas tshuva arises from the nature of things. By that I mean that if a person is connected to the Torah and to the mitzvot, and he discovers that he's done some terrible thing. So it makes him feel badly. He doesn't need a mitzvah to tell him, feel badly. He doesn't need a mitzvah to tell him, mend your ways. That would seem to be simple and obvious. A person who is serious about himself or herself, and is connected to the Torah, that person is going to feel remorse about doing, about transgressing. I mean, that's a kind of a normal reaction. So that that's not the mitzvah that confronts us at this time. But the Rambam seems to say that the mitzvah that confronts us at this time is the mitzvah of vidui, of confession. Because that's not something that we would naturally turn to. It's not obvious that we should confess. And yet, if you learn the Rambam, if you learn the Rambam, you will understand that, uh, that the Rambam is very, very intent on getting everybody to confess, to confess his sins. And in fact, he says, vidui, that word vidui, which means confession, has a form, and you do it in a certain way, and that really is the impositional mitzvah that the Torah places upon ourselves. But not, <coughs> not tshuva. Tshuva is for the Rambam, or at least according to the way that I'm explaining the Rambam. I haven't got time for the technical part. But there are many Rishonim, including the Minchas Chino, who leaned in this direction, that according to the, the, the Rambam, Tshuva is not a mitzvah in the Torah. Because Tshuva is what a healthy, responsible person does when he realizes that he has transgressed. You have to somehow live with what you've done. And living with what you have done means confessing. What it means? That the confession itself has conditions and sections, but for us, that is not immediately important. Now, this idea that tshuva is an obvious thing, that tshuva is um, 
something that we can't avoid doing, we can't stop ourselves from doing tshuva, because once we have moved in a negative direction, we want to move back. We want to be whole again. We don't like the idea, because after all we know, that even if no one else knows, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows very well what we have done. So that Shuva is always between me and God. Always. No one else knows about it. If anybody else knew that I did it, I'd be in jail, I'd be persecuted, I'd be, uh, I'd be taken to task in one way or the other, but nobody knows. Only I know, and of course in heaven they know. And therefore, tshuva, the need to do tshuva, derives from the fact that I'm standing before God. When am I standing before God? At least theoretically, always. Always it's true that a lot of shuls adopted the banner, no dalif name me ata omeid, which I guess means that they think when you're walking in the street, you're not so dalif name me ata omeid. It's only when you come to shul. Okay, I mean that's possible, but you understand that it's not the best way. The best way is to walk with God as Avram Avinu did, meaning to always be aware of the fact that you're going to be called to task, that someone in heaven is going to say, hey, what's he doing? What's she doing? What's going on? That, that's, that's what brings me to do tshuva, the fact that I'm walking before for God. So we know now that there is something called tshuva, which is something that I must do if I find myself walking before God. And we find also, at least according to the Rambam, there's a mitzvah, there's a special mitzvah called vidui. And that mitzvah of vidui, of confession, is backed up by psukim. And the Rambam is very clear about all of this. However, if I would ask you, what about tshuva? Is there a better tshuva and a simpler tshuva? Is there a necessary tshuva? How do you do it? I mean, tshuva is not confession, as we say. Confession, I know, you have to say words, and you have to say them in a certain order, as the Rambam says, but what is tshuva? How do I do it? Is there a better and a less good? Okay? So, we'll look at the Gemara, which is the first uh, source on the sheet that you have. The Gemara says, and I was, this is really the second time the Gemara says it, but uh, this is the, I think, a little simpler and straightforward, so I, I picked this, um, this Gemara on Pevav uh, Ahmed Base. Just want to look at the Gemara. The Gemara says, says a lot of things about tshuva. The Gemara says a lot of things about tshuva which have become the subject of assessment and analysis for the last 
1700 years. For example, Omar Avi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, remember we're in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lokish, at least sort of, are the last generation of Amoraim in Eretz Yisrael and they are responsible for the Yushalmi. What all of that means, what I just said means, I haven't got a clue. I don't know what it means. But that's what we say. That's what we say. So it might be correct in some way or other. So Tshuva produces Gula, redemption. And then there's a posuk. After Rabbi Yochanan, the Gemara quotes Reish Lakish. Even though this is the Bavli that I'm looking at, it very often quotes what was going on in Yerushalayim in Eretz Yisrael. So here's the quote that you have in the sheet in front of you. Over Eish Lakish. Eish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan were related. Eish Lakish had a bit of a checkered history. And uh, Rabbi Yochanan was more regular. Uh, and these were the two great scholars of the age. Gedola, Tshuva. You have to listen to the words. I mean, who could have thought of this? Gedola, Tshuva, Donot, Nasulo, Kishigagot. You know what tshuva, how powerful tshuva is? How great tshuva is? Mezid, things that you did be mezid purposefully, they're downgraded. You do tshuva, what are they downgraded to? Shogeg. To an accidental, an accidental event. Shinemar. And you think Reish Lokish just said it? <coughs> he said, it's, it's a posuk. Shinemar, tshuva Yisrael, ad Hashem that's what the that's what the Pesach says um, right that's a, it's a Pesach in Hosea here's the Pesach Shuvah Hashem Shuvah Hashem or Shuvah Yisrael, I'm sorry. Ad Hashem Elokecha. When you do Shuvah, you can come right up to God. Ki Kashalta Bavonecha. Now this is, uh, this is the, the difficult part. Kashalta means to trip. You tripped over your transgression. So Rav Reish Lokish says, Hey Avon, Mezidhu. The word Avon, which is one of the words that's used for transgression, always means we may zid. You did it on purpose. So how does he call it a, like a stumbling block? You did it on purpose. You didn't stumble over anything. Amy, like that's a word that introduces a kasha in the Gemara. So Gemara says, Vahamah Reish Lokish, there's another tradition about what Reish Lokish said, Gedolot Tshuva Shezdonot Nasot Lokizichuyot. So he says, Tshuva? It can turn a mazid, a purposeful, uh, uh, unacceptable act of transgression into, into, uh, uh, into merits. Here's a guy, he stole money from the, from the uh, garage, he stole money from the cleaner, he stole money from the, 
he does tshuva, and instead of being minus three, he's plus three. Now, how'd that happen? How'd that happen? So along comes Reish uh, Lakish, and he quotes a pasuk. Okay, so he has a pasuk. So the Gemara says Lotasha. What's the kasha? What's the kasha? In one place, Reish Lakish says that Mazid becomes Shogeg, and another place, he says Mazid becomes a mitzvah. Like it's in your favor. How could this be? So Reish Lakish makes the following pronouncement. Lokasha, the Gemara says, Kan mi ahavo, kan mi yira. And here in this Gemara, in the previous section as well, this distinction is introduced into the world. This distinction. There's tshuva of Ava and there's tshuva of Yira. And every tshuva that you do makes things better. But tshuva of Yira turns the Mezid into Shogeg. Tshuva Ava that turns the Mezid into a mitzvah. Turns the Mezid into a mitzvah. This remarkable statement that's made by Reish Lakish has been the subject of discourse all the years. Every time people turn to think about tshuva, this is what confronts them. This distinction of Reish Lakish between tshuva miyira and tshuva miyava. Now, if I asked you which is more, which is easier? Which is easier? Or let me ask you, what is it? What do you think Tshuva Meyira is? So usually people say that Tshuva Meyira is fear of punishment. I'm afraid of like God is going to give it to me. So I better straighten myself out that Tshuva Meyira. But there's not, there's also a general kind of Tshuva Meyira. And we see in the book of Yonah. Remember Yonah? I assume everybody knows the story of Yonah, right? Who did tshuva in the book of Yonah? First, first, the sailors. The sailors did tshuva. Sherry said the sailors. What? Sherry said the sailors first. I'm sure you know. The sailors were the first ones to do tshuva. Who were the second ones to do tshuva? The people who lived in in Ninveh, where the Jews, they're not in the story. They're not there. Maybe they're waiting to make an entry, but they never made that entry. No Jews in the story except for, except for Yonah. Except for Yonah. Now everybody's doing tshuva, all the malachim, screaming and yelling everybody to their own God. And Yonah, sleeping. Sleeping as shloft avek talk. Very bad. You know they say on Rosh Hashanah, there's too much to do. You can't go to sleep. Metonit avek talk. I can hear my mother Zechronel Racha say that. I'm not sure she knew what she was saying. I, I certainly didn't know what she was talking about. <coughs> but that's what she said. And it rings. You know, it keeps ringing. So now listen again. Who did tshuva? The sailors? Did tshuva and the people in Ninveh? Now, 
Why did the sailors do tshuva? Why? Because there was a tsunami. A tsunami, you imagine? Okay, you know, like I, 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 there was this uh, hurricane off the eastern coast of, uh, of the United States. What? So it, it, it didn't do much, but, you know, made a little bit of noise here and there. People called me up who lived in New Jersey and said, you don't understand how terrible it is and how we feel and we're abandoned. So I said, do tshuva. <laughs> and they said, oh, there's a rabbi for you. I said, do tshuva, you know, because everybody else they talked to asked for money. I just said, do tshuva. So in other words, uh, 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 being in a state where you're not in control of your destiny, Right? I mean, that's what a hurricane is. That's what a flood is. It's year-off. And since we all agree that these things are generated by heaven, it's a Kodesh Baruch who, who did it. So it produces year-off. Not just, I'm afraid of being there. But I hope that being afraid will have a positive result. It's a kind of way of looking at the world. Yira doesn't just mean I'm afraid I'm going to fall into a hole. Yira means that God is in control and that I am not in control. That's what, that's what it means. So the sailors, the sailors were upset. Because there was this uh, hurricane at sea. A tsunami. A veritable tsunami. For some reason, the only one who wasn't affected by all of this was... <coughs> was Yonah. Who slept through it. He just slept and slept. And said, when they asked him, what's going on? He said, oh, it's all my fault. You better throw me into the sea. No concern. The people in Nineveh, the people in Nineveh, here comes Yonah, and he says, 40 more days, and, and uh, Nineveh Nehepachet. What does Nehepachet mean? It means Yira. It produces, you have no control. He said, you're going to lose control. You are going to lose control. So, why they believe Yonah, that's not clear from the story. But you know, the Ibn Ezra says, and I'm not disinclined to believe that he might be correct in this, uh, this matter, but the Ibn Ezra says, they must have heard what happened to Yonah at sea. That Yonah was the cause of the turmoil. So if Yonah was the cause of the turmoil, it could be the cause of another turmoil. So if Yonah comes and says 40 days... And then you better pay attention. Because Yonah is a proven commodity. He has messed up the world before. So maybe he'll mess up the world now. Now one more point I'd like to make. You know, who did tshuva? In the case of the sailors, all of the sailors. And you remember this, you might not remember when they got to, to, to dry land without Yonah. They would already thrown Yonah overboard. And the boat... Uh, we kept going to dry land. They all gave sacrifices. 
they all they all promised heaven that they would make up for it by bringing sacrifice they did they brought sacrifices now if I asked you who uh, who did Shuva in Nineveh who did Shuva in Nineveh everybody everybody and well the king no but who really did Shuva who's the interesting Shuva doer the animals, of course. The animals, they're tshuva. Now, this book is not only a prophetic work that's included in the Tanakh, but this work called Yonah is read at Mincha, at Yomah, at Kippurim. Mincha and Yomah Kippurim. That's a pretty good spot. You know, it's true that by Mincha and Yom Kippurim, some people are very tired and uh, don't show up. Usually it's a little bit of a break before Mincha. And then, but, you know, the real people, they all show up. They all show up and it's always in the schedule. You know, the Yom Kippur schedule always includes Mincha. Whereas uh, Shabbos, you just figure people will know. People want to go to Mincha, they'll know when Mincha is. You have to tell them. So the animals, (coughs) the animals did tshuva. Not only did the animals do tshuva, but later on, at the end of the fourth parak of Yonah, when HaKadosh Baruch was explaining to Yonah exactly what happened, which we'll get to in a minute, HaKadosh Baruch said, how could I not feel compassion for my creations and all the animals. And all the animals. Now you know that as far as Yira is concerned, animals are affected by Yira. I mean, I remember those movies I used to go to, uh, like the Westerners, when the, the smugglers came and they set fire to the barn. And so the animals didn't just hang around. And wait for directions from their owners. But fear is something that animals can handle. They can get into it. So when Yonah came and said 40 days, So obviously the animals didn't want to be in that Ninveh. That was not for them. And so they joined somehow the Chuva mongers. We'll see that in a moment. So, Reish Lokish told us that it's Tshuva Meira, and I just tried to explain that there are at least two two kinds of Yira. <coughs> There's a long-term Yira. I'm afraid of what will happen when I get to the judgment day, how I will be punished. And then there's a short-term era. There's a tsunami that's coming right now. What am I going to do? What am I going to do with this tsunami? So there's a short term that's called Yira. I've got to take care of it right away. It's imposing itself upon me. And then there's a longer term kind of Tshuva. Tshuva mi Ahava. Now, the interesting and interesting thing that we find in the Rambam. You know, the Rambam wrote a book of Halakha. And in this book of Halakha, in the first of the 14 books of, of Halakha, 
the Rambam included some philosophical comments. You know, Allah Aristotle. Not too much, really. I mean, the Mor Nebuchim, in the Guide to the Perplexed, you know, the Rambam has a lot of philosophy. But here in the Yarech HaZakah, the Halachic work, there's just a little bit of philosophy. Nevertheless, in spite of the, uh, the greatness of the work, in spite of what the Rambam managed to produce in the Yarech HaZakah, there was during his lifetime and then after he died, very strong opposition not only to the, to the Morinavuchim, which was not really available to most people since he wrote the Morinavuchim in Arabic, and to, since it was translated and, and, and given out, and it was a, it was a weighty tome, the Morinavuchim. So people didn't go for it, but the Yara Chazaka was a boon. It was a wondrous thing. And so a lot of uh, uh, people went for it. They read it. They read about philosophy in the first of the 14 books of the of the Yara Chazaka. But there was opposition, as I say. There were people who felt that the Rambam had overstepped a boundary that everybody had accepted until him, until his time. Halacha is halacha. And philosophy is something else. You put it someplace, you mix it together. And so there was a tremendous uh, struggle for the next several hundred years until the Ramban made the following statement. The Ramban lived several hundred years later and he tried to make peace between the warring factions about the work of the, that the Ramban had produced. And the Ramban said this. He said, okay, the first of the 14 books has a little philosophy in it. But it also has Hilchot Shuva, the laws of repentance. And the Ramban said, if not for the Rambam, how would we able to be able to learn about repentance, about Shuvah? That was the position of the Rambam, Ramban, who was certainly not a minor league player in the history of Halakha. So the Rambam, we look to the Rambam to straighten this out a little bit for us. Reish Lakish and Yonah. So what does the Rambam say about it? Directly? Not a thing. But it's important to note that the Rambam does not make the distinction between Shuvah Mi'ava and Shuvah Mi'ira. The Rambam does say at the beginning of the second parak, you see it on the sheet? The beginning of the second parak, the Rambam says, just, uh, the Rambam says at the beginning of the second parak of Hilch's Tshuva, the Rambam says this odd thing. He says, Ezoi Juv Tshuva Gemura. In the first chapter, the Rambam discussed the situation when the temple was still extant, the Beit HaMikdash. Because during the time of the Beit HaMikdash, there were Korbanot, and there was Tshuva, and there was Yom HaKippurim. So he had to organize all of that for us. But at the end of the first parak, he said, well then, there came the destruction of the temple, and all we have left is Tshuva. 
That's all we have left. So tshuva, the act of doing tshuva, he doesn't say whether it's v'yiro or mi'avo, he just says tshuva, the act of doing tshuva, the act of doing tshuva is, um, is the only factor left in determining how we stand before God. All there is is tshuva. Then he goes to the second parak. In the second parak he says, Ezu tshuva gemura. Ezu tshuva gemura. Now this word, tshuva gemura, do not exist in the gemara. That's his invention. Tshuva gemura. And then he says, I'll tell you what tshuva gemura are full, the best kind of tshuva, like he has a second chance <coughs> to do the transgression. He's standing in front of the bank. He's got a pistol. The, the same old guard is there. He can walk in and say, give me your money or I'll shoot. Right? You can do exactly the same thing that he did the first time around. He says, But he decided that because of the tshuva that he did, that he's not going to do that again. Lo miyira, lo mikishlon koach. It's not because he's afraid. It's not because he's afraid of the punishment. He's not afraid of the tsunami. He's not afraid of, of the, the waters overwhelming him. So what is the Rambam talking about? If he's not talking about miyira, then what is the only other thing he'd be talking about? Is me'avo. So the Rambam says, Ezehu tshuva me'avo. That's it. That's all there is. It's tshuva me'avo. In the time of Reish Lokish, you could still say, Avo yira. But by the time the Rambam came on the scene, the Rambam said categorically, there's no tshuva me'ira. Nothing. Don't expect God to shake the walls and don't expect the sea to overwhelm you and don't expect that something will happen that will force you into doing tshuva. No. Romiira. All there is is tshuva me'ahava. <coughs> Furthermore, if you look at the sheet, and this comes from the Gemara, this comes from the continuation of the Gemara, they gather the sheet. But look at the Rambam in Perek Zion. Hilchot Shuvah Perek Zion Alachadalit. Okay? Well, look, I'll look here again. Perek. Perek Zion Alachadalit. Listen to the Rambam. Look at the Rambam. Listen to me. Listen, look at the Rambam. Al Yedame Adam Bal Shuvah. He says, a person who has accepted the responsibility and is about tshuva, shehu meruchak mimalat ha-tzadikim b'bnei avonot v'chata'ot she'asa. He should not think that he is forever damned, that he's done all these transgressions, and he'd never be able to get to the level of the tzadikim, of the righteous. Ein ha-davar the Rabbim says. You shouldn't feel that you are out of the group, that you don't have a redeeming feature. He says, 
Nechmad. Nechmad is another word for Ahuv. Beloved. He's beloved by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If olam, it's as though he never ever sinned. That's Reish Lakish number two. Remember Reish Lakish number one said that Mezid became Shogeg. Number two said Mezid became positive. Mitzvot. Here the Rabbam says He's going to get a lot of reward. So the Rambam is giving an explanation of how could the, the sins become positive. Mitzvot. Well, they can become mitzvot because you're going to get the schar. That's what the Rambam says. You're going to get rewarded as though you actually did the mitzvot. Because that's what Shuva does. Kavash Yitzro, he changed himself around to a different person. That's another discussion. And it's well known that the Chachamim said that Bali Tshuva are the superior people, the people who've gone through the the difficulties that have weathered the storm in the Yona sense and have come out on top. Wow! They are the best. They are the best of people. Aloha hey, the Rambam says, the next one. So the Rambam is sort of asking, well, why did the Nevi'im talk about tshuva? What does gu'ura, redemption, physical redemption, have to do with tshuva? Farticha, Torah, shesof Yisrael asot tshuva besof galutam, umiyad heim negalim, that's in the parsha Dvorim Perik Lamed, the parsha tatshuva, right, in the parsha of Yefet, the parsha of Nitzavim. It's a promise that you will be pure enough to appreciate or to get rewarded by Geulah. So that implies a new relationship with God. Not just a new recognition that God exists and that God has given mitzvot. And I've been a little lapse about it. But tshuva itself produces a new relationship between man and God, man, woman, God. Right? That new relationship is a function of tshuva. And therefore what we expect from that new relationship is everything. And that's what the Torah says. You get everything. You get gula redemption, and you get whitewashed entirely, and you become a greater, greater than the righteous, than those who are appreciated in the world as being righteous. And so the Rambam says in Halacha Bar, Gedola Tshuva, Shemikarevet Et Adam La So now, according to the way I understand it, what is it the Rambam is talking about? Which Tshuva? Is the Rabbam talking about? 
He's talking about tshuva mi'ahava. Because if you do tshuva mi'ahava, it makes sense to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you. Because it's always true that we generate, that we generate the relationship in heaven and in heaven they respond. So what is Yirah? Yirah is, it's there, it's powerful, but I want to stay away from it. I don't want to be too close. Yirah is frightening. Yirah is something that that I find difficult to deal with. The Yirah. Ava. Ava is something you want to get close to. You want to come near people you love. The spouse, your children, your parents. That's Ava. You don't run away from Ava. You draw closer and closer and closer. So according to the Rambam, according to the Rambam, the only kind of tshuva that is left for Am Yisrael after the Churban Beit HaMikdash, and you remember the Churban Beit HaMikdash was a place of Yirah, was a place of fearfulness. You could go up to here but not further. Are you a Kohen? Are you a Levi? Are you Tomei? Are you Tohor? The Beit HaMikdash is the embodiment of fear. Don't go there. It's taken by HaKadosh Baruch Tshuva Me'ava is different. Tshuva Me'ava says you can come closer and closer and closer. And if you love God, God of course will respond and love you. <coughs> so what was the issue what was the issue that uh, Yonah had? I mean, I have it here, here the psukim, but uh, what was the issue that Yonah had? Why didn't he want to go and make the trip to Ninveh? What? That God would forgive them. And so what? What's wrong with that? But why? Well, why does he care if God forgives the people in Ninveh? It's true that Rashi quotes a Chazal. And Chazal said it would make the Jews look bad. They would do, they would do uh, tshuva so easily. And then the Jews, uh, well, Yonah knows he's going to go talk to the Jews. They're, going to, they're not even going to stop doing what they're doing. He won't be able to impress them. But why won't he be able to impress them? Because Yonah knew that the option for Tshuva Meira had passed from the world. And what was it that the people in Ninveh were teaching the world? That Tshuva Meira does work does have a purpose, is accepted by heaven. But Yoda said, if I go back to Am Yisrael and I say, look, I just came from Ninveh, or somebody else said I came from Ninveh, look what I did. So the people in Israel will think that Shuvah Meirah 
is enough. And yes, tshuva b'yir is enough if your God is X or Y or Z. If you don't, if you're an idolater, that tshuva b'yir is sufficient, but Yonah was afraid that the people in Israel would think that they can do tshuva b'yira just as the Tarshishim, as the Ninvites, not the Tarshishim, just as the Ninvites did tshuva b'yira. So, so he was afraid. He's afraid that his message would not be accepted, that nobody would listen to what he said. And that put a fear in Yonah. And that's what Yonah said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm going to go back to Eretz Yisrael and tell them to do tshuva and they're all going to do tshuva miyira. Just like the people in Nineveh did tshuva miyira. And Yonah knew the Rambam. Yonah understood what the Rambam understood later on, revealed to us that tshuva miyira just doesn't exist for Am Yisrael. Only tshuva, only tshuva me'ava. So what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu say to Yonah? If you look at the, the, the end, Vayomer Hashem Pasuk Yud, Perik Dalet Pasuk Yud, Vayomer Hashem Atachasta La Kikayon, remember the Kikayon story? There was a Kikayon, and then there wasn't a Kikayon. And Yonah felt terrible, so God says to him, Atachasta La Kikayon, you felt strongly about the Kikayon. I felt really awful when I lost that tree that was giving me shade. God says to Yonah, you know, the Kikayon, you didn't do anything. It's just there. It was just a chasta. What does chasta mean? Like you loved it. You loved the Kikayon. Didn't you? You love that tree in your backyard. Love it. It gives you a little shade. It's a great thing. You love the tree. So God says, V'ani lo achus so God says to Yonah, my creation's all. My people. Meaning, meaning that just as you could have love for the tree that didn't, you did nothing for that tree. But God can also love his, so to speak, creations. It's true that they only did year off. But that doesn't mean that there can't be an Ava response. What does this mean to Yonah? What is God saying to Yonah? God is saying to Yonah, listen Yonah, don't worry. You'll go back to Eretz Israel. You'll tell the people. And then they'll do tshuva. Maybe they'll only do tshuva a year off. They'll say, we don't want to be punished. We don't want it to happen to us. They'll do tshuva b'yira. But I tell you, Yonah, that even in yira, there is love. There's ava. 
And if they do tshuva meyira, the response from heaven will be ava. Just as the response to the Ninvites was not just a response of yira, of separation from God, but the the Ninvites, the 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 Ninvites were the ones who also benefited from uh, the love of God, and that you see in the fact that the people and the animals were all in God's mind, so to speak, God's concern. So we have learned, I think. There's one other thing I thought I would say, but we have learned that Reish Lokish taught us that there's Shuva Mi'ava and Shuva Mi'ira. The Rambam taught us that there's only Shuva Mi'ava for Am Yisrael. Yonah was concerned that the Jews would be led astray by the story in Ninveh and think that they could also do Shuva Mi'ira and get off the hook. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Yonah, even in the heavenly response to Yira, there's also Ava. So don't worry. Am Yisrael will get through this Yom Kippur as they got through many other Yom Kippurs until today. Gemar Chatimah Tova Dolorim.